Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this episode of Equipped to Be. I'm Connie Albers. You know, we've been talking a lot about parenting, about helping your children navigate the back and forth disruption in their life. We've talked about the importance of creativity in your child's life. Today, I want to talk about Does honoring your parents still exist? Is that still required or did that go by the wayside? That's what we want to talk about in this episode of Equipped to Be. Now, you know, it's funny. Everything seems to have flipped upside down. Uh, What was typically accepted in the course of our parenting years has kind of been challenged and changed, but I want to tell you, in Exodus 20, 12, uh, God was very, very clear that God does expect your children to honor their parents. Twice uh, throughout Scripture, God says that it would be well with you when children honor their parents. It will be well with them, with a promise. As we teach and train our children, as we go along the way, here a little, there a little, learning to honor is something that has a reward attached to our kids. It's also something that we need to teach our children, and we need to talk about this constantly, especially as your kids get older and they start to resist what you're saying, or frankly, they just don't agree with you. And that does happen. Why? How many of you are exactly like your mom and dad? I would venture to say uh, most of you are not, maybe a small percentile, but for the most part, you're not. And the reason you're not is because you're not them. God made your children different from you. You know, I've run across a lot of uh, young moms that are in the midst of raising children, probably much like you, and I have found that they're estranged from their parents. They don't agree. Now, more than ever, they really don't agree. Maybe they don't agree on the mask. Maybe they don't agree on the vaccine. Maybe they don't agree on, I don't know, how, how you were raised. I pretty much, I think I've pretty much heard it all. I know families where the parent, where the kids won't even let the grandparents see the kids if they don't follow their set of criteria, whatever that may be, it could be, it, it could be a host of things. But that's where we've gotten. Is that honoring? Should we withhold our kids spending time with their grandparents? If you have grandparents that are still alive, because they don't ascribe to a certain set of beliefs that you have. Honestly, I think that's like a whole nother topic. But it is important to how we honor our parents. 
You know, as I was raising the kids, I'm going to honestly tell you, I searched because my kids, you know, we had five children in seven years and we were always being challenged about something. Why? Because our children and your children were trying to grow up. They were trying to become young adults, immature as they are, lack of reasoning skills that they have. They were just, they were trying to grow up. And when my kids would say something to me, I would always come back to, God says, honor your mother and father, that it may be well with you. And when they would say things, sometimes I'd be a little sassy. I would say, show me in scripture when God says to stop honoring your parents. Now, this isn't blind. It it isn't that your children uh, at whim do whatever it is you have them do. I mean, it changes during the teen years. There's a transition period of child to young adult that happens during those teen years, which is why I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules, because those teen years are very, very different. They're a different... Uh, way of parenting, there's a lot of adjustments we have to make. You know what else? And I found this to be true now that my children are all adults. They're more mature. They can articulate conflicts that we had back when they were trying (laughs) as best they could to explain what was going on in their mind or why they didn't agree with us, but they they just couldn't get it in the right words. But you know, I would always say, show me in scripture where God says that it's okay to not honor your father and mother. Now, obviously, I'm going to just say this right now. If there's abuse, emotional, physical, mental abuse, that's a very different category. And we're not talking about that. But if there's differences of opinion, if there's personality conflicts, if we don't necessarily agree with what the parent is doing or what the child is doing, God doesn't remove the element of honoring your parents. See, there's a blessing. There's a reward. There's a promise. And I think that's important for us to consider today. Like I said, I've heard a lot of young people talk about all the reasons why so-and-so, this child or that child or all the kids they can't be around their parents. And, and it's always puzzled me. Why? And they'll have their reasons. Are they valid? I'm not, I'm not here to discuss whether those are valid reasons. I mean, it's how they feel about something. But where does God say to stop honoring your father and mother? And you know, there's a lot of wisdom that can be gleaned from our parents. As you guys know, I was very close to my mom, and it was quite devastating when I said goodbye and she entered glory. She went on to some place, she went on to heaven, much better than living through what we're living through here on earth. But you know, there were a lot of years I was quite resentful to my mother. I I didn't agree with how she parented. I didn't agree with how we were raised. I felt like my mother should have been a better mother 
I had a whole list. I mean, literally, folks, I could probably spend the whole podcast talking about all the grievances I had with my childhood and decisions that, frankly, adversely impacted my life. And I bet many of you have the same thing. Why? Because you had imperfect parents. I would also bet, because you're listening to Equipped to Be, I would also bet uh, you probably brought some imperfection in there as well. My guess is that you probably weren't the perfect child. Maybe you thought you were. Maybe you didn't. But maybe you expected your parents to handle things better than they did. I don't know. But God does expect us to listen to our parents. You know, even though our parents make mistakes, I made mistakes. And if you've read Parenting Beyond the Rules, I had someone recently read the book who has known me for quite some time, and they thought uh, the book was going to be something other than it was. And they were quite surprised at how many parenting fails I discussed in the book. Why not discuss those? I would often tell my children, you know, for some reason, God chose me to be your mother. As imperfect, as ill-equipped as I was, and still am, to be quite honest with you, God still chose me. And you know what? God chose you. And if you're in the middle of raising children, which many of you are, guess what? You're going to have some parenting fails as well. You're going to misread an attitude that one of your kids has. You're going to snap at maybe a sassy comment. You might put a little stricter restrictions on some of your kids because they didn't do what you asked them to do. Some of your kids may be totally fine with it. Yeah, I deserved it. I earned that. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little difficult. These are the comments that I've heard from many, many of the kids that we mentored over the years. Thousands. And all the comments that I wrote down. And as I've seen them over the years, I've followed up and I've asked them a few questions here or there that were pertinent to our relationship. And, you know, as they've gotten older, they now understand why their parents maybe did what they did. But God is always going to honor you when you honor your parents. He's always going to be in the midst of that. And And I know a lot of you are, you don't have your folks around anymore. I lost my dad when I was just 11 years old. It's a pretty young age to not have a father figure. And it was just me and my mom. And oftentimes my mom and I would say it was just she and I against the world. Even though I had so much animosity, something in me, just kept compelling me, and I know it was the Holy Spirit, to honor her as best I could, even though she wasn't a perfect parent. 
even though she did do things wrong. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't until I was 55 years old. Now, for some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, you're so old. Well, I would have thought that too until I'm now at this age and I'm going, man, that's not old at all. Still quite young. But you know, God showed me something. As I was trying to journal and work through some of my childhood issues, which, you know, frankly, I've only met uh, one, maybe two people that didn't feel like they had a backpack of stuff to deal with from their childhood. It was no different. But as I was trying to work through things, because I desperately wanted to be whole, I desperately wanted to solve some things that were bothering me, that were troubling me. And I clearly remember that moment when I realized my mom did the best she could with what she had. That moment when I realized she was an imperfect parent just like me. She didn't know what to do. Yeah, there were a bunch of parenting books, but the parenting books back when my mom was raising me was do as I say, period. It was very authoritative. That's just the way parenting used to be. You do what your parents say. You remember, you probably don't remember, but there was, you know, TV shows, Father Knows Best. There was all sorts of stuff like that, and, and that is how they parented. Let me ask you, have you stopped? If you're struggling with your parents, if they're both still alive or even one and they're involved in your life or maybe you've cut them off or cut them out, are you a perfect parent? Are you doing it all right? I can with 100% certainty say, no, you're not. Did your parents... Some of you would think, oh, my parents were just amazing. Good. But I bet there were things they wish they could have done better. And it's not that you live a life of regret. It's that you live a life in realization that you're an imperfect person who deeply loves your kids. Is every parent like that? No, there's some bad parents. I'm not going to lie. But God will honor when you listen to what your parents have to say. Sometimes you listen and you think, you know what? I just learned what I'm not going to do. That's fine too. But I remember that moment when I was driving to a specific place in California. It was actually where I was born that God just revealed to me, your mom did the best that she could. And you've judged her through your lens without really understanding hers. If that's you, I want you to really consider what are you doing? How can you restore that relationship? Should you restore that relationship? I know there's a lot of words and there's a lot of conversations about toxic relationships. 
Well, frankly, most family movies have the dynamics of you get together and there's always somebody who says something that's, you know, a little out there or a little, I don't know. I do know. I just thinking about all these different movies that, you know, you're kind of putting up with someone. What if it's they're putting up with you or maybe your kids? There's not perfection. There are no perfect relationships. There are some that are better than others. But God does say in Exodus 20, 12, that he expects us to honor our parents. And that doesn't stop. Like I was saying earlier, I would tell my children, find where God says you stop honoring your parents. For me, I came down on the side that I honored my mom to the point of death, caregiving. I've realized that it's been seven years of looking after my mother and her husband, my stepdad. Seven years. And like I said, it's been a lot of years that I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't get along with my mother. Boy, has God changed my heart. How did that happen? Well, he allowed me to see through the lens of my mom, not just mine. Not just one-sided. So amid all the conflict, you do have a choice of how you're going to respond to your kids and to your parents. One response allows your relationship to grow and the conversations to continue. The other one shuts everything down. The critical thing is to remember to think beyond the words you might say or you might want to say, and instead say things that allow a willingness and an open dialogue. See, if you are a believer in Christ, I'm sorry, but you have a different standard to hold. You're to be a witness. You're to be a witness to your family, to your parents, if they're not. To your children. How will they ever know what honor looks like if you don't model it? If we only surround ourselves by the, quote, perfect people, the people who make us feel all good about ourselves and how wonderful we are, where are we stretching and growing? And how are we modeling honor? Because I promise you, when your kids grow up, they will be able to quickly tell you, all the areas you fell short. One of the things I want to specifically talk about is is the nonverbal language. You know, uh, we spend a lot of time on Equip to Be talking about relationships and about learning how to interact with other people, learning about their talents and their gifts and their strengths and how to communicate with anybody. I know we spent episode 71, uh, 2, 3, and 4 all talking about understanding strengths and, and learning to speak to others in a way that they would understand. I write a whole chapter in Parenting Beyond the Rules about monitoring your mouth. Oh, the power of words. Oh, the power of words with our kids, with our parents. So we need to listen to 
to what we say, but we also have to listen to the words our parents say to us as adults. We need to listen to the words that our older kids, even our younger kids, say to us about how they're thinking and feeling and how they're responding to how we say things. doesn't mean everything's happy, happy, perfect, perfect. It, it means having and developing a way to communicate effectively. There is something I specifically want to address, and that's the silent language. You know what that is. That's how you communicate through your body language. You know, the arm cross, the turn back, the side look, the eye roll, the non-response when it would be normal to respond. That silent language. The not answering a call when somebody calls, pretending that, you know, you're just busy or not, maybe you are busy, but maybe ignoring the call and not calling back for days. The body language is a powerful expression of emotion. And if you have children, they haven't fully mastered that yet. And I'm going to say probably some of you haven't either. But what we say with our body language is a critical principle to learn and how to apply ourselves in a way that allows us to speak to our children when their body language is communicating anything but love and joy and appreciation. That will go a long way in your relationship and building a relationship. Building a relationship that makes your kids want to go to dinner with you when they're in their 20s and they don't have to. Building a relationship when they want to go shopping and it's not because they want you to buy them something. They have their own money. They just want to be with you. Or they want to go do an activity with you just because. See, body language is the first parameter that children learn. They read quickly whether you are approachable, sincere, relatable. The way that you communicate through this silent language can be a precursor to how your children decide if they're going to open up and talk to you about what's going on, what's really going on in their heart. I remember I've shared this often when I have done a lot of interviews or spoken at conferences. My children used to come in the kitchen, especially my teenagers, my middle schoolers and my teenagers, they would come in the kitchen and they would watch, like, what was my body language communicating as I was preparing dinner? They could tell if I was approachable, receptible, if I was distracted, maybe if I was even mad at their dad, by how I would cut carrots. That cracked me up. I didn't learn about this until my children were in their adult years, but your kids are watching you. They're paying attention. They know when the temperature is just right to approach you. And that has to do a lot with your body language. So learning how to understand your child's body language and learning how to understand what your own body language is communicating to your child is powerful. 
It's and a powerful ability to show love. I remember when I worked for a large entertainment company, there was a sign hanging up for the employees that used to say, smile, it's a nice reflection of you. Gosh, every time I read it, I smile. And even even telling you this, I can go back. I mean, that was a long time ago. I can go back and remember every time I saw that sign, I, I couldn't help but smile. But it spoke to my heart. Because I realize I'm reflecting something through my body language. That carried on as I was teaching and training my own children. I saw it day after day after day, year after year. Those words were etched in my mind, in my heart. Over time, I really began educating others on the importance of a good first impression. As a matter of fact, I used to work for a large social media company, and my job was I was the director of first impressions. You know, your parents probably said, you never give it a second try at a first impression, and boy, is that true. It can take you a long time to overcome a negative first impression. Why? You've probably heard the phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Your kids don't care what you know unless they know that you really care about them. And as for your parents, your kids' grandparents, you know, they're not going to be as receptive to what you think, feel, and behave or your personal convictions unless you communicate to them first that you love them, that we're doing life together, that, you know what, we're not going to agree with everything. I used to get so mad at my mom because we were a very, I was a very clean eating mama. And that was back before this whole eating healthy, eating clean, all that stuff. It was, it was long before then. But I just knew sugar wasn't good for the body. I knew if I gave them a lot of junk food, we didn't, it wasn't that we didn't have any, but if I gave them a lot of junk food, guess what would happen? <laughs> they would be bouncing off the walls. It'd be hard to get them to bed. They would have attitudes. They would probably be a little more irritated, some more than others. But doggone it, every time I'd send it to my mom, they would have, and we laugh about it now. I wasn't laughing then. I put up with some of those practices that I didn't agree with because I knew, I knew the place it was coming from. Did she think I was a strict mom who would never give my kids treats? Maybe. So she would give them donuts and sugary cereals for breakfast and they would usually eat out for lunch at places I wouldn't take them to like Burger King, McDonald's, whatever, all those little fast food places. And of course, they always had to end the evening with ice cream or candy. And after several days of taking care of the kids because I would be doing something, you know, I'd have to to get them off of a sugar fast. But I learned the place that my mom was coming from wasn't a place to disrespect me, to not honor what I knew. I mean, obviously there were true allergies. Things would have been different. 
but if you want to have healthy relationships, if you really want to honor your parents, both your parents, and you want your kids to honor you, you got to give a lot of grace. You got to communicate in a way that they're going to hear you. Some of the ways that we can communicate negatively would be through like a shrug shoulder or rubbing your eyes with your fingers. You know how you do, just kind of show exacerbate, you know, you're just frustrated. Or shake your head side to side, kind of in disagreement. Maybe you'd breathe a little rapidly, cross your arms. Maybe you'd turn away or, you know, the drumming of your fingers on the table or the keypad or your chair. Or maybe shaking your leg, just kind of nervously slamming the door, wringing your hands, pointing your fingers, or, you know, throwing up your arms in disgust, possibly furrowing your eyebrow, walking out of the room. All those and many, many, many more are indirect, what I call nonverbal language that communicates disapproval, dishonor, disagreement, rejection. Some other ways, though, that we want to communicate, especially with our kids and with our parents, smile when you're listening. You can do that. Rest your hands on your lap or maybe on the table, not tapping your fingers to show, hurry up, hurry up. Breathe calmly. Make eye contact. Relax your eyebrows. Relax your shoulders. It's a decision that you make. I can promise you this. The more you practice your nonverbal body language, the more you pay attention to the body language that your kids are communicating, the more you watch the body language, you monitor the body language you have with your parents or others, the more you'll catch yourself. And when you catch yourself communicating negative emotions, you can catch yourself and you can change it. It does take practice. I'm not saying it's super easy. I'm also not saying it's, it's all going to be appreciated. But I do want to say watch your responses. Oftentimes when your children do things, they're really not trying to communicate what you think. They're trying to grow up. And when you talk to your parents as adults and you talk to your parents, the words you choose can be a soothing balm that lands in a place that you want it to land. Don't be, be quick to come back and say, hey, I just realized I did, I communicated something and I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I didn't mean that. I was, I had a rough day. There's a lot going on that you don't know about. Or even asking your kids, hey, are you having a, are you having a rough day? Is it a struggle? Is there something you want to talk about? I'm sorry I wasn't approachable when you were trying to talk to me. I was distracted. 
I know that's very hard when you're trying to talk to somebody and they're distracted. Y'all know what that is. You know what that's like. See, we love others because God first loved us. We honor others because God tells us to honor others because they are his children just like we are. We love them. Even on the days, they're not always lovable. And you know what's amazing? Our kids love us. Even on the days when we're not lovable. Our time is so limited. So as much as possible, we've got to use our words to speak life. We have to use our body language to speak love and compassion and kindness. When you are in the habit of practicing that, you really do find your relationships start to flourish because you have to remember your kids want to be heard and affirmed. You want to be heard and affirmed. So do your parents, the grandparents. Takes a lot of grace, takes a lot of maturity, and it also takes a lot of trial and error. So let me just ask you where are some places that you, what are some areas? What is some body language that you might be communicating that really might not be being well received? What are those? Write them down and then ask the Lord to help you, to help you be filled with more positive body language, more honoring body language. How can you breathe life into those around you, your kids, your spouse if you're married, your parents if they're still alive? Here's the key, though. When you fail and mess up, God always gives us the reset of saying, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to come across that way. I am having a rough time. The stress is getting to me. But as I started with, God tells us to honor our father and mother, that it may be well with us. Honor others, but specifically our fathers and mothers. You want to teach this to your children. There's not an age which that stops. Notice that I didn't say, Our kids aren't going to always obey as they get older because they're stepping into the life God has for them. But when we have the practice of communicating honor, beautiful things happen. Our relationships start to change. Our relationships with our parents and our adult children. So if you're in the midst of it, no matter what age is, because I know many of you have little kids and elementary Middle, high, I mean, you've got the gamut, I know. It's a great listener group, you guys are. I just want to exhort you in all areas to honor, to honor each other, to honor your father and mother, to teach your children to honor your father and mother that it it may be well with them, that there is a promise to that. That wraps up this edition of Equipped to Be. I hope this blesses you. For more information on communicating and body language, check out Parenting Beyond the Rules. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on audio format. Uh, You can, and I, actually, I had the privilege of being able to narrate the book. You can also purchase the book. I go deeper in that. 
on that topic because it is such an important topic. We're always communicating something. Let our communication be filled with love and grace and honor. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.